Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Stagecraft, Variety's theater podcast, bringing you backstage and behind the scenes with the stars and creators of the hottest shows on Broadway, off Broadway, and beyond. I'm your host, Gordon Cox. On this episode of Stagecraft, I'm talking to the actor Laura Linney. On screen, she's appeared in movies including The Truman Show, You Can Count on Me, and Love Actually, and on TV in shows like Tales of the City, The Big C, and Ozark, winning four Emmys along the way. If you're a theater fan, you've probably seen her on stage, too, in Broadway shows like The Crucible, Time Stand Still, and, a couple of years ago, in Manhattan Theater Club's ripping good revival of The Little Foxes. Now she's back in the same Broadway theater, starring in My Name is Lucy Barton, a one-woman show based on the novel by Olive Kittredge writer Elizabeth Strout, opening January 15th at the Samuel J. Friedman Theater. Laura is here with me in a rehearsal studio at MTC, so please forgive any traffic or radiator noise you might hear as we talk about her favorite co-stars, the things you learn from shows that don't work, and why My Name is Lucy Barton still scares her. Hi, Laura. Thanks Hello. for being here. My pleasure. So I thought we could start out talking a little bit about how My Name is Lucy Barton came about, because it's sort of this transatlantic project. It's uh, based on an American novel, and it's starring an American actress, but it premiered in London at the Bridge Theatre, directed by British director Richard Eyre. So how did, how did all this uh, come together to make this project happen? So it, it's a funny story, actually. I got a phone call from my agent about three years ago, maybe, two and a half years ago, maybe three now. And she said, you know, I just read this article that Elizabeth Strout said in an answer to a journalist that they asked her if anyone was ever to play Lucy Barton, who would you like to see do it? And she said, Laura Linney. And so my agent called Elizabeth's agent, and they set up a lunch for the two of us, and we met. And Did you know her work before that? Yes, I did. Yeah. But we... Uh, so we had a great lunch. We had this wonderful time. And then every once in a while, there'd be a bit of a pause, and we'd sort of look at each other. And 
and then finally Liz looked at me and said, so you want to play Lucy Barton? And I looked at her and I said, I'd love to play Lucy Barton. And then there was a pause. <laughs> and we had this lovely three-hour lunch where we just talked and talked and then we left. And I got a text from her later that afternoon saying, Laura, I'm so sorry, there's been some misunderstanding. And it turns out that she thought I was there to pitch her some some way for me to play Lucy Barton's and and I thought I was there to hear her tell me how to you know so it was a we just <laughs> so I left her a, a a text back saying you know well how funny and it was so nice meeting you and thank you so much and all the best and I hope our paths cross again and about five months later I was filming the second se- season of um Ozark in Atlanta, and I got a phone call from Nick Heitner, who said, Laura, I've just commissioned this book. This We're going to turn it into a one-woman show, and Richard Ayer's directing, and we'd like to do it in London, and it's, it's my name is Lucy Barton. And I sort of paused, and I said, does Liz know about this? And, and he said, no, she doesn't. I said, you're kidding. Oh. So the fact that it had come to me twice, yeah. you know, when something like that happens, you sort of have to stop and take it very seriously. As you were thinking about it in that first lunch, did you think it would be theater? Did you think it would I be... I had no idea. I would have guessed. I didn't know. I feel like, you know, if all the coverage was a miniseries, like that's maybe right. it was TV, right? That's right. Like, that's I right. I didn't yeah. know. I thought Liz had some idea about what she wanted to do with the material and and she was going to tell me what that was going to be. And she thought I had some idea about what that... <laughs> how I wanted to do Lisa Martin. And then I was going to tell her. And then it turns out that Nick Heitner had his own idea. Right. And he hired Rona Monroe to do the adaptation. And he hired Richard Ayer to direct it. And, and Richard and Nick both thought that I would be a good fit for the material. And... Uh, and and it was it was a three week run at the bridge, which is this beautiful new theater. Yeah, that new. Nick Starr and Nick Heitner created. It's just gorgeous, and it was three weeks that fit perfectly into my schedule, into a very crazy schedule. It fit, just dropped right in, and uh, so it, I realized the only thing that would keep me from doing it was just sheer cowardice. So I accepted it right away, so that I wouldn't change my mind and I wouldn't think about it too long. And what makes it a good play? Oh, that's a really good question. As a, like, why is that story you know, suited I don't, to the theater? I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm not an audience member, so I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm, my only experience is in the execution of it. Do you, um, do you have a sense of what in the story, in the novel, lends itself particularly to being on stage? Well, I think it's, it sits within a very deep truth. I think it sits within an emotional truth that makes you refamiliarize yourself with the, the pain of growing up and growing into the person who you become and what you have to leave behind and what you have to step into. I think there are just some very deep truths about that's carried in that language um, that resonates when spoken aloud. Yeah. You know, Not only when you read it is it powerful, but when it's spoken aloud, it also it, there's a poetry to the language which is so beautiful um, that's very contemporary and yet slightly heightened. It's, you know, it's very poetic in a very stealth way. You don't realize just how masterfully this language is put together until you really sit and break it apart and put it back together again. Do you have a sense of why two different people thought of you in particular? I don't. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea, but I'm certainly glad they did. Do you have a – now that you've played the role once already on stage and you're coming back to it again, do you have a – what for you feels like the, the thing that chimes with you in Lucy? Oh, I don't know. You know, I don't know. 
And I, this will be my third time doing it. Mm. I did it in London once for those three weeks. And then I wanted to do it again before it came back here just to see if it would get easier with more time. And it does not. I, that was that's, my yeah, that's question. what I've learned. <laughs> what I've learned is that it does not get easier, which is sort of good to know. You know, the re- the the reality of it is it's just hard to do. It's hard to execute any one-person show. It's well, just hard to do. That was my question. Is do. it specifically about being a one-person yes. show? Yes. You know? Yes, absolutely it is. And what is gained by it being a one-person show, do you think? Well, I th- it's appropriate that it's a one-person show. A lot of what Lucy Barton is dealing with is her own coming to terms with herself and uh, moving from one identity to the next, You know, cr- evolving into your own identity, and just the pain of growing up that has no influence with anyone else. It's, a very, it's very intimate that way. Um, and there's sort of a sacred pact between uh, me, the language, the story, the audience, the space. Um, and it's, it's appropriate that it's one person. I was thinking back over all the things I've seen you do on stage and uh, you know some of the stuff I haven't been able to see, but none of it seems to be of this... Have you ever done a one-person show like this? No. You've not, right? Yeah. No. Yeah, and so no. <laughs> why? I would not like. Why would anyone do that to themselves? I mean, honestly, why would you do that to yourself? It's really, in some ways, it's completely bonkers and goes against, in many ways, why I do theater to begin with. I do it to be with other people, really. So it's it's been um, it's very outside my comfort zone, and it's been very good for me because of that. And what? What is it in particular about the experience? Is it the loneliness that makes it so hard? Is it the? But, but tell me more about what's so hard about well, it. Well, in some ways, there's no one else up there to help define me. You know, I'm not seen in relationship to anyone else, and and what that does to your sense of time, and your internal rhythm of time. Like I, I go out there. I know it's an hour and a half. I can't believe I talk for an hour and a half nonstop. That's just seems you know, insane on many different levels. But um, but I, I have no sense of time when I'm out there. It's a very weird, and you have to just trust it, and you have to let it carry you through. Um, but I come off stage, and I just think, like, what just happened? Like, I just, what was that hour and a half? Does today? it go fast or slow? Or I, I don't even know. Some version it just of both? goes. Yeah. You're like, I don't know what happens. You know, I... You can't, you cannot have a thought of your own out there, or you get bucked out. So you really, you have to, you really have to not let anything get in the way. You have to get out of its way, every single step. And there's no one around to help you with a line. No, there's not. And does your relationship with the audience feel at all different in a in a show like this as opposed to something like this? Drastically different, yeah. Because it's you know a lot of is direct address which I've never done before and I've always been terrified to do. Why? I mean I really cuz I like being uh I, I don't know I I like being in a world that has nothing to do with anybody else. <laughs> you know, I like being I, I don't like acknowledging the artifice of what's happening. Mm. So, I like a fourth wall. I love a fourth wall. But this is direct address and and so I've 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 actually, you know, I've grown a lot doing it. I mean, it's really, it's it's broken some spells for me. I mean, I've been able to sort of, you know, I can go on stage and look into people's faces and not be terrified anymore. Right. And that's a big step for me. Is that a thing that you can carry over now into other parts 
other roles? That's a good question. I don't know. I guess you'll find out. I'll find out when I do another fourth wall show. I'll see. I'll see what that does. It'll be interesting to see how it'll affect me somehow. We'll see. And you play two different characters uh, in this, to a degree, one might say. Like, there, yeah, there how are do you think of this? Are there two, do you think of, mul- of multiple characters? Because there is in the, I haven't had a chance to see it yet, but I have read it and I know, the, you know. It's a, it's a memory play. Yeah. So you're so playing her memory of these people? Is that what you, how you think of it as? I don't really think of it. I hmm. just do it. I don't, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I think I. I think I try to act it out as I, as I know when I think about when I think back on memory. Mm. You know, it's my memory, but it's that person. Right. You know, it's that person who I'm thinking about, but it's my memory of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I try not to question it too much. And so then is the process of sort of differentiating between voices and sort of physicality, is mm-hmm. that more intuitive for you or? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And specific. Yeah. You know, it's intuitive, but it is. Right. I've worked at it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, how the, the, over the when you came back to it the second time, mm-hmm. did it change for you? And do you oh, anticipate sure. it changing again? Oh, oh, sure. It's a living thing. Yeah. You know, how plays so? are, well, plays are living things. Well, you know, you yeah. they take on a life of, and you want them to. You want them to take on a life of their own. You know, you want. Th- there's this wonderful period of time. You, you work on the play, and you work on the play, and you work on the play, and then hopefully you get to the place where the play stops and starts to work on you, and you just get out of the way and let it guide you. Um, so I'm sure I'll learn a lot. Uh, a, I'll be in a different space, which will feel different, right. in a different country with a different audience. So it's going to be a very different experience. Right. Uh, this is. Uh a theater you know, yes, though, because well. uh, yes. the last time you were on Broadway, you've been in, you've been in a few times, yes, and uh, yeah. the last time was in The Little Foxes a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we're actually in the rehearsal room that you were in yes. for The Little Foxes right yes, now. Yes, you're sitting in um, Dan Sullivan's seat. <laughs> That's what I do. Um, That's a good place to be. For, yeah. <laughs> um, and so, of course, part of the part of the concept behind that was the sort of role swapping mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. Did you find that the kind of challenges of that and the takeaway of that? From you, for you, mm-hmm. is that something that you could then go on? Is that unlike any other gig, or could you then apply that to another role that you've done, or how you approach? Um, no, that was project? completely different. Uh, that's what I wanted. Yeah, <laughs> I loved it, and I loved it. Yeah, because I loved what it did to everybody. It wasn't just about Cynthia and I switching parts. The whole right. company had to shift. Right. You know, the dynamics changed across the board. Yeah. So it was really fun to. To have version A right. and then version B, and they were their own thing. And that helped, keep, yeah, keep and, everyone and it, on their toes. I imagine. Yes, and, and it, so it wasn't. And, it wasn't just Cynthia and I who were switching. I mean, Richard Thomas had a different, a different wife and a different, right. you know, and Francesca right. had a different mother, and you know, everybody. It was it was just great fun. I loved it. I had no idea what a good play that was. Yeah. I really, I really didn't know. It was fantastic. Is there? For Lucy Barton, was there a thing that you discovered in either of the runs that you did that you are looking forward in particular to exploring further here? Well, that's a good question. You know, a lot of it is is just seeing, like, can I get out, how much more can I get out of its way? Mm. You know, how can I sort of surrender and let it, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just there to execute it. Yeah. You know, and, and let the power of the story, like, not, not to uh, 
really just let it let it go and and see if I can the more relaxed I can get the better it will be so hopefully I'll you know in a theater that I know very well in a city right. in which I grew up with an audience you know who who I you know love working for you know hopefully it will it will stew even a little bit more right and of course you've worked uh, many times with Manhattan Theater Club mm-hmm. which is yes. producing this yeah. is that does it feel like something of an artistic home for you? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. What's what's valuable about that for an artist to have? Well, security. I mean, emotional security. (laughs) (laughs) Uh I mean, (laughs) you know the people, you know how things work here, you know, and and the space. There's, you know, a lot to be said about being familiar with the theater itself. You know the acoustics, you know the scale, you, it's familiar. You know, it just is familiar. And I would imagine, not never having performed on the Friedman stage, but it's a mm-hmm. particularly intimate uh, sort of Broadway house. It yes. feels, at least as, a straight for play someone house. sitting in it, yeah, absolutely. that it feels sort of, do it you does. feel, yes. I imagine you feel that also on, yeah, the, absolutely. on the stage. You know, and it's, and I know the space, I know where every seat is. Right. You know, so I, if I'm looking out, like I know where I'm looking. Right. And, you know, I even, and I know the front of, front of door house, like I know the guys who take the tickets. I know the right. people in the box office. I know, you know, I know the crew. Like, I've known them, and they've known me for a long time. Right, right. I'll have more with Laura right after the break. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And I'm back with Laura Linney. You work in film and TV all the time, mm-hmm. but you're always, it seems like you're always making time to do theater. Why is that important to you? Why is that, what keeps bringing you back about it? Well, I'm a theater actress. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, primarily. I mean, that's really what I am, yeah. as a theater actress. And I'm just lucky enough to be able to work in film and television. But, you know, it's, uh, this is what I do. Um, and it's where I, you know, sort of learn the most. And it's where... Right. I'm challenged in, in ways that I like to be challenged, and um, and I love the community, and I think theater is important. Yeah. I think theater is just very important. I believe in it deeply, and it has uh, taught me every valuable lesson of my life, so I, I need to be close to it. How has your experience and training and grounding in theater mm-hmm. uh, influenced the way you work on your screen projects? Oh, it's interesting. You know, I... They're very different. Yeah. They're very, very different. And the job requirements are different and the expectations are different. And um, But what theater has that the other two don't is time. And that's a very powerful thing. You know, what time does to a production, what time does to the execution of a performance, you know, that's something you can't just create. That's something that has to be earned and you have to be patient and you have to, and it, but it, it has a magical effect, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's it's deeply gratifying. You know, I always tell people, do not go to an opening night; go two months after. Like, let a show have time, let it gel, let it stew, let the actors get deeply comfortable, 
let them bond to each other, to the material, the language, the space, the like let time make it rich and good. Um, so I'm, I'm so happy that I get to do this again. I'm really so grateful for it because of that, because A, it's been marinating in my bones a bit, and, and now I get another opportunity to, to hopefully take it to the next level. Yeah. Do you ever want to do a solo show like this again? I can't imagine I would. Yeah. I really can't imagine I would. I'm so glad I have done it. Yeah. It, it, it's so. I don't mean to sound overdramatic about it, but it is such a, a frightening thing to do that it doesn't seem real. Really, like I can't think about it too much, or I'll psych myself out. Do you? Um, yeah, I was just going to ask if you needed to take. Uh, an unusual amount of care with yourself in terms of yes, like yes. I mean you're talking for an hour and a half yes. maybe you need to maybe not yes. talk so much during the that's day, right like, and I have a five year old right. you know and <laughs> right. little children are petri dishes of also infection true, right? so I'm yeah. you know I have, have a little awareness of that and and it's really you have to stay very healthy and um, you sort of have to live your life a bit of, like an athlete um, and so you learn a lot do you have a do you have a routine to sort of get the get the day off you and move into the acting space? Well, I, it, it would be great if I was the only person on the planet, but I do have a family, so, mm. you know. <laughs> yep. You know, so I'm up early, and I have to, you know, get my son to school, and and, and my husband's extremely helpful, and I'm, I'm sure he'll he'll take him to school on certain days and let me sleep in, but, you know, there's life. And, um, but I guess I always get, I've always gotten to the theater early, no matter what I'm doing. Um, and I run through this on my own completely once through before I do it at night. So I, just to get it, just to wake it up and wake me up. And yeah. Have you had many terrifying alone moments on stage? Absolutely. With this? Yeah. yeah. And I'll have more, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. the thing. There's the reality, you know, I'm, you're a human being and you're going to go up and you're going to make mistakes and you're going to, and you just have to learn how to sit in the discomfort and let it pass. Right. And and have faith that something will will save me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> so, so far, something has every time, though, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Y- yes, <laughs> yes. So you have to hope, but you know, it's a it's a wild thing. You can't think yeah. about it too much, or you really do get yeah. Um, yeah. unnerved. Um, I, I don't actually know the story of how you came to theater and how you came to acting. Is it your father was a playwright, of course, mm-hmm. and was that how much of his involvement in the theater? Influenced. Well, you know, I would I would love to say it had nothing to do with him. Yeah, but of course that's not. That would be foolish of me to say, and I'm sure his influence had a great deal to do with it, and I was exposed to it. But there, yeah, there is. That's what I wondered. Yeah, sure, but there is a feeling. There is a sort of vocational pull. I've got to say, like I don't think of it as a profession. You know, it is a profession, and I'm, and I certainly. You know, know the responsibilities of business, and I, I, you know, understand all that. But there is a, a sort of vocational pull to it for me. You know, are there projects uh, that you consider particularly formative for you in your development as an artist? They all are. Yeah. They re- even the bad ones, even the ones that are really bad. And I've been really bad in some things. I've been in some bad productions that have been painful and Would you like to elaborate on that? Or? No, I mean, yeah. I mean everybody famously bad productions. Yeah. I was in a really bad production of The Seagull. I was in a really bad production of Had a Gobbler. I was in a fairly mediocre 
production of Uncle Vanya. I've, I've been in some really painful, bad performances with wonderful people. Right. They just didn't work. Yeah. And it happens sometimes. Yeah, right? and they just don't work all the time. And sometimes you are bad in them, and no one wants to be that. Um, sure. What do you learn yeah. from those, then? Well, you learn it's not all that you are. You know, you learn that it is a thing. You try and learn lessons along the way if you've misstepped or if you've gone, if you've been distracted and gone the wrong way or, you know, you've learned, you learn a little bit about red flags and how to notice sure. them and then how to avoid them in the future. And, and sometimes things just don't work out. You know, so in some ways what it, it makes you be is kind <laughs> and for a little more forgiving of people. You know, nobody, no one wants to be bad in something. No one. No. And, yeah, no one is trying to be bad, and no, no one's one is, trying no one to is be bad. Setting That's out right. to make a bad That's play, right. right, or a bad. That's TV right. Show. You know, it yeah. just sometimes it just doesn't work. Right. Yeah. Are there uh, parts that have surprised you with the sort of longevity of you know people recognizing recognizing you for, and that people have really connected with over the long term? Well, Love Actually certainly has a following. It sure does. And, <laughs> and Marianne Singleton has a big following. Yeah. Yep. And hosting Masterpiece Theater, that's the thing that's the sure. most surprising. <laughs> I have nothing to do with that show. Right. I went on and did, like, you know, a little nod to Alistair Cook, and right. and that's the thing that surprises me the most. Yeah. And then turns you into a meme or something, right? uh, Yeah, that's like, the, it, yeah. I, I think of it as it has the least to do with me, and right. and it's and I get um, reminded of that a lot. And I'm very happy for it, don't yeah, get me wrong, but I just, yeah. I sort of... I find it puzzling. Yeah. The uh, sort of longevity, and I can't quite tell if I'm being made fun of or if it's genuine. I think there's, and I think it's both. I think it's both. I think, I it's think both. they're, I think yeah. they're holding both in there. Yeah. I think, <laughs> yeah. And I think it's they would both. do that to anyone who was doing that. Oh no, absolutely. Thing, right? I know so. it's, it was, it was a, that's a, a, that's the biggest surprise. Right. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Marianne Singleton. I imagine the the sort of just sheer longevity of Tales of the City. As I know. As a screen property, it must have surprised you. I mean, Absolutely. all those years ago, right? Oh, no, I was just with Armistead last week in, in London, and I, you know, there was a part, I, just, I was like, I can't believe this. It's almost 30 years of us knowing each other and doing this. And, yeah. You know, it's, it has given me a lot. Can you tell, me, the can you tell me more? Well, it, it, you know, I never, ever thought I would do film and television. I mean, oh. I, I just found it, I was thoroughly intimidated by the idea I didn't have much interest in it. Mm. I just loved the theater, and that's where I wanted to be. And Tales changed all of that for mm. me I, because I enjoyed it. You know, I did it, and I, I thought, oh, maybe I could, mm-hmm. could I really enjoy this? Could I actually do this? And the relationships that I made while making it, the friendships that I made have, you know, been seminal in my, in my life, and big deal. Yeah. And what... Do you recall what specifically it was that you enjoyed about the process? That it you was thought, fun. Ah, that, that I was, was like, it? oh, was the- <laughs> this is fun. That <laughs> yeah, can't be fun. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is fun. And the challenges of telling a story out of sequence. Yeah. You know, the, the, the technical requirements of filmmaking. And, you know, creating something when you don't have time. Right. You know, with the theater, you have time. It's built into the pr- process. It's intrinsic to the experience. And with film and television, so much of it's out of your hands. Right. Well, you that was going to be my next question: is how hard, how hard did you find it to sort of surrender your performance to you know the editor ultimately? Well, no, you just know that's just the reality of it. Yeah. So that's what you do. <laughs> right. You know, so you do the best you can, and then you hope it's passed on to someone who has 
a good eye and a sensibility and, and is connected to the material the way that you are. Yeah. Who have been some of your favorite co-stars to work with? Oh, God, there's so many. Yeah. You know, Mark Ruffalo and Phil Hoffman and Liam Neeson and Richard Gere. And, um, I mean, there's so many people. I've just worked with Janet McTeer for... You know, on Ozark, I love yeah, Jason right. Bateman. I mean, I can go on and on and on. They're just, I, just, I, I really love actors. Yeah. What, over your years of being on stage, what do you consider your sort of the most memorable mishap? Mishap? Yeah, like so something, you've lost a line or something. Yeah, well, you lose lines all the time. It was all whatever, that. You know. <laughs> there are all sorts of crazy stories about stuff. But I think the, the thing I remember the most is, I was in a really bad production of Hedda Gobbler in college. And in undergrad or in undergrad? To, in undergrad. I went to Brown. I went to Juilliard. Yeah, okay, but, right. but the gun didn't go off. I think I had. To, I think I ended up yelling "bang" or something ridiculous. <laughs> you like can't believe like the gun's not going bang. I mean, <laughs> you do something you know absurd and uh, you know community theater-ish. It was, it was funny. I mean, but everybody remembers that performance, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, can you imagine? Like, the whole audience hearing, bang! Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. God help us all. Have you ever thought about writing or directing? No. Why not? I still feel like I have so much to learn. Hmm. Honestly. Yeah. I have so much to learn. And I sort of feel like if I don't have a real deep desire to do it, like, why would I take that space from someone who does? Yeah. And you've produced a couple of other projects that mm-hmm. you're involved in. Is that mm-hmm. a thing you're also interested in? I, I do enjoy that. Doing more. I of? really do. Yeah. Enjoy what that. is it about that that you enjoy? I just well, it's just you know when you've done something for a long period of time, you just have an understanding of how it all works, and so I, I find that my mind can, can be helpful to a production. You know, I I understand the timing of things. I understand what makes a crew happy. I you know, right. you know, I there's certain things you just you're you become more and more aware of the more you do it. Um, so, you know, hopefully I can help there in some, in some way. You mentioned uh, season three of Ozark, mm-hmm. which is not out yet, but I, you mm. finished filming it, I imagine, yes. by yes, now. We yeah, good yes. stuff. Yes, I had a great time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, you're not getting any more out okay, of it. Okay, I mean, right, yeah. <laughs> not at liberty to say. What is it about that role that you enjoy? Oh, well, I love how immature she is. Mm. You know, I love that she's really powerful and really strong and a mess. Yeah. You know, she's really immature. She's impulsive. She makes terrible decisions. But she's smart, and she has grit. And, uh, you know, I, I, I love that. Yeah. yeah. And so you've got that coming up. You've mm-hmm. got uh, My Name is Lucy Barton. What else mm-hmm. do you have coming up? Um, what else is on There are two small parts. I was able to do one scene in Viggo Mortensen's movie called Falling, which mm-hmm. he directed and wrote. Yeah. I think that's going to Sundance. And then I did a small part in a Sally Potter movie called um, Molly. Hmm. I think it's still called Molly uh, with Javier Bardem and Elle Fanning. Great. That was fun. Yeah. What's your next play? I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure. One at, one at a time. Yeah. Are you, are you an actor who has a, you know, oh, I want to do these, a bucket list of the no. Shakespeare plays you no. need to do or the no, you know, I'm the opposite. roles you need to I'm do? Actually, okay. I like an assignment. <laughs> I do. Okay. Like, I like an assignment. Like, anything Dan Sullivan wants me to do, I'm going to do. Yeah? Yeah. What is it about your collaboration with him that has been so... No, I just love him. I just love him. I mean, I trust him completely. 
you know, the man has such a theatrical mind. It's really right. It's just great. How many projects have you worked with him now? That was the three. Yeah, right. Three, and then yeah. the two Donald Margulies. Sight, un- sight unseen, yeah. time stands still, and, um, and little foxes. Little foxes. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, we look forward to seeing. Uh, my name is Lucy Barton, and Thank your next you. show at the Friedman Theater. Thank you so yeah. much. I Thanks, appreciate Laura. it. You yeah. bet. Bye. That was Laura Linney, now starring in MTC's Broadway production of My Name is Lucy Barton. If you like what you're hearing on this and other episodes of StageCraft, I'd so appreciate it if you took the time to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, or tell a friend about us. Next week, I'm talking to the playwright Bess Wall, who's making her Broadway debut with her play Grand Horizons. Until then, see you at the theater. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.